I am back. I'm John Chidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge, talk about the Challenge USA. After a brief vacation, I am can't say I'm back at home because I'm in Ottawa for work, but I'm back with you, Sheldon, and that's what matters the most. This is home, right? I mean, what? We're at episode 223. My uh, word. Episode eight of this season of the Challenge USA. Uh, eight episodes in. I can honestly say I have no idea how long the season is going to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, is this halfway through? Is this like, are we almost at the end? Like, I, I don't know. I literally have no idea. If you told me there were four more episodes, I'd like, you could talk me into that. If we were halfway through and it's just going to like pare down that way, going from men to women eliminations each week, you could talk me that talk me into that as well. But like, I have no idea where we are and I'm okay with it. I, I think the last two episodes have been pretty good. Like things are starting to heat up. You're going to see some decisions be made and I like it. I like it. Um, because I was away for last mm-hmm. week's, I got di- questions posed directly to me Okay. that I don't think you and LT addressed. Okay. So Stevel, Stevel Empire 71 asks mm-hmm. i'm catching up on your challenge usa episode so i will have takes one i feel safe mentioning what is it with you and the venga boys are we going aqua next which is a great question i'm going to assume this was directed at me and not you sheldon and like it's a safe it, bet <laughs> it's it's really simple and i appreciate the question but there, there's just two simple points the first is i'm amused by having bad taste in music. Like I have always loved one hit wonders. Mm -hmm. I have loved like cheesy pop. Like that's just who I am. I also really love S club seven, you know, like all that stuff. But more important than that, what I live for, one of my favorite things to do is to make Sheldon Alexander laugh. Typically by saying something that he doesn't expect or that shocks him in some way. And Sheldon knows I do this. And he tries really hard to keep a straight face. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I get him. And Venga Boys was one of those moments where I got him. So I, maybe I've gone back to that well a few too many times. But that's really my motivation, is to make Sheldon laugh. The Venga Boys, yeah, that, that, that was a thing. That was a moment in time on the pod for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I got nothing S club seven. I remember there's a guy I used to work with way back when that would call me S club S club seven. I think he thought that was really funny. And I was more so like, it's not even creative. Like, all right, cool. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, I don't know. That's not great, but he was quite, he was pretty proud of himself. S club. What's going on? Like, Hey man, that's a rough one. I don't, I think there's better ones out there. I like calling you Shelly. But like, I'm far from alone in calling you that. Like, that's a. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there for sure. Get a lot of that. There was a moment in time as well. Do you remember way back when this is going back, but this fits in with our challenge talk of sometimes we'll go to like early 2000s hip hop. Do you remember there was the LL Cool J song, Headsprung? Yeah. 
and it started it started off with him going they call me big la <laughs> so, <laughs> someone, my boys i used to work with at the time they'd call me big shelly but they would sing it like ll in that song which is pretty that's funny fair. that's better than s club yeah, definitely that's definitely. significantly better and like for people of a certain age you remember like I didn't really like LL Cool J or that iteration of LL Cool J. No. But like that song was everywhere, right? Like that song was a banger. That song was everywhere. It summed up, you know, hip hop of that time where you would just have a very catchy song and like a banging beat. And that beat was Fuego Fire. And yeah, <laughs> LL. Uh, yeah, that was around the same time that Mace had his comeback. Mace did not have a comeback, okay? Like, it didn't really happen. I know he tried with welcome, welcome, welcome back. And come on, like, he tried, but, like, that didn't really last. He was doing the thing where he would, like, bend the brim on his baseball cap, like, up, Mm, like, on the sides. So it was like a V. That is not a timeless look. I also have to say, uh, a couple people pointed out that in the last episode of You Killed It that I was on, I've, I made a lot of mistakes. I must have been tired or something. I can't explain it. Um, first of all, I said that Enzo uh, won Big Brother All-Stars. That's not true. Cody did. Enzo helped him and like made it toward the end. Oh, yeah. They got towards the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I, I said that David had been eliminated on his first night, which is true, but then he stuck around longer okay. on All-Stars. Okay. I still think CBS is trying to make David a thing when they should not. Yeah, he is like, when he's not in an episode, he's really not in an episode. Like, even this one, I feel like there's just one cutaway shot to him sitting on the couch by himself. Yeah, he had a couple, like, straight to cameras, but... Yeah. Um, What did you make, though, of this episode? Because, I mean, it starts off, and I know you weren't on last week's pod, but we talked about what we thought the twist was going to be with the algorithm. And, you know... We're challenge vets, so we predicted that it was going to turn into an individual game. But maybe yep. the, CB, the CBS folks, and I realized, too, a lot of people, one of my one of my good friends I work with, C. Brown, he was saying to me the other day, he's like, hey, I've been watching your show, The Challenge, because he, he watches Survivor and Big Brother yeah. and, like, knows all of those people. So he's like, yeah, I'll watch that show, which, you know, was a lesson for us and what we talk about, which – this was the whole point of them doing this show on CBS, right? Yeah. Survivor, Big Brother. Those are shows that have massive, massive audiences. So you're trying to bring those people in. And we're going to watch anyways because it's called The Challenge, right? Yeah. So to get to your question, I was disappointed in this twist because I thought one of the real strengths of this season has been the so-called perfect algorithm, mm-hmm. better known as the producers. Mm-hmm. Which as a producer, I would also call the perfect algorithm. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Fair point. So like, I'm sorry to see that go because I thought it was probably the biggest strength of the season. Mm -hmm. And like I was talking at work, I was talking about the challenge. Someone who I just met and like I mentioned that I was going to do our podcast tonight. And they're like, oh yeah, like I've been watching that show. Like it's so like, it's interesting. And then like, I'm a big Survivor fan, much like uh, your colleague. And, like, he agreed, like, the real strength of this season is the format. So to shut down the algorithm is a Mm -hmm. disappointment. 
But I think now we're going to see, and I think this kind of, you know, is going to show us another angle of how good the season's about to get, because you have to switch up your gameplay now and not to like get too far ahead. But if you look at what the challenge was, right. The fact that it was a male elimination completely altered how the game was played. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that was something that it'll take a week. It like, my assumption is the producers are going to see what just happened and they're going to mm-hmm. alter some format of the next game so that the same thing that just happened in this episode doesn't happen again in terms of basically giving a free pass and not an entertaining actual challenge. Right. Yeah. But I went too far. I don't want to, I don't want to get too far because there's, there's more drama and stuff going on as we start to figure out the numbers game. Mm-hmm. And the house is being run by the survivor folks, right? The survivor people are realizing that, especially once it turns into a, a, a individual challenge, they got the numbers. You don't have to worry about the male female breakdown because you're just adding them all together. So Ben and Danny are kind of leading the charge talking about, you know, do they trust Tyson? Do they not trust Tyson? They need him as a number. He always wins, but the bigger issue to me is that Ben, Sarah, and Danny don't have enough money to compete for the final. So to me, they probably need Tyson, right? Yeah. They need Tyson because they need him on their side in case they need to go beg him to throw them in an elimination, right? To like try to win a challenge or like have them choose when they go in elimination. You know what I mean? I agree with part of what you're saying, but not all of it. Because, like, to me, what they have to do is, yeah, they need their money. Absolutely. They also need to get rid of Tyson. Like, like, I know, you know, we have a lot of fans of Tyson on the podcast. And, like, I don't dislike him. He's grown on me. Mm -hmm. But the reality is he is built to win finals on the challenge. Like he is a, a, like excellent swimmer. He does like ultra marathons. That's like two of the hardest parts of doing a final. I don't know how he is at eating a gross, eating gross food, but if he has any kind of talent mm-hmm. at holding down his vomit, then like it's his final to lose. So like and- if I'm Ben, if I'm Danny, I'm trying to figure out how to get Tyson out of there. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny you say that because if that's the game plan, then it comes down to one of our favorite challenge tropes that we talk about every single season. If you want to get into the elimination or if you want to get someone out of the house, sometimes you just got to get your own hands dirty and do it your damn self. Yeah. Right. Like imagine because I wonder this. Right. And again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we know that it was hall brawl. Yeah. It's funny that, and I, t- I paused there. That was a dramatic beat, pardon me. But I just kept thinking there's no way they can allow someone to go into hall brawl against Danny, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no way that that's allowed. You can't actually have that because that's not fair to whoever it is, right? <laughs> but, like, that just can't be allowed. And I'm pretty sure he probably wouldn't want to do that either. 
right? Like, just imagine if it was like him against Leo, but he would make that, he would do that against anybody. Yeah, but like, I think, like, I I totally hear what you're saying, but also if I'm Danny, Mm -hmm. and like, I had the sense that they all sort of knew that Hall Brawl was coming. Yes. Like, I think somehow they caught wind from production. I thought so too. I gotta say, if I'm if I'm Danny, I'm thinking I gotta throw this competition. I need to get into <laughs> Hall of Brawl. I'm gonna and then hit, you put in Tyson. Yeah. Oh, or like anyone. Like I'm gonna hit Leo so hard he explodes into literal cats. Nah, like, you gotta take Danny, Tyson's money. Tyson has the most money too. That's true, but like, but you need to win to get into the final. Danny is not losing a hall brawl against Tyson. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's not even coming close. He just needs to take on anyone. Like, Mm -hmm. if I'm Danny, I'm just trying to get into the final. Like I say, you you purposely lose the daily, Mm -hmm. and then you're like, let's go. Like, I am going to literally run through someone. Yeah. No, for sure. But I I, I agree with you. I think that there's a way that they kind of plotted this out that we're not going to let him like, that's not safe. That's a liability. <laughs> um, same for Sarah, which we'll get to later on. Oh Sarah, I didn't even realize, was the only uh, woman on the show that doesn't have enough money to enter the final either. I didn't realize that. But the bigger theme, we'll get to Sarah. Lots of time to talk about Sarah. Oh, I got so much to talk about with Sarah. The one thing we got to introduce is Ben. And mm-hmm. this whole angle, you know, they show him it's timestamp 3.30 in the morning. He can't sleep and he's walking around, walking around. And it's the anniversary of the death of one of his really good friends from when he was like, he's a Marine. So it's a tough day for Ben and he's having trouble sleeping. He's up. Everyone else is asleep. It's running through his head, all these emotions, all these memories. And that kind of leads him in the mentality of that day, wanting to win said challenge to honor his friend mm-hmm. now to me i think they did a really good job in how they handled this because obviously obviously it's super serious mm-hmm. obviously though the other part when i think of it from a production standpoint is there's a line in which you might mishandle this you know you might do it and have it be a little too cheesy or maybe a little too insensitive And I think they did a good job of just showing his like actual real emotions. And even when they did the cheers after, and I was like, ah, this is tiptoeing. I thought they did a really good job of just making it a thing, but having him be genuine in his feelings for what that moment meant to him. Cause that's, that's a tough one to deal with. Right. And I know we make the jokes on here, about reality TV, Mm -hmm. what's real, what's fake. That's as real as it gets. You know, so like huge shouts to him for even being able to, I mean, get through this silly game of the challenge, right, on a day like that. But um, that to me, like, really was a big focal point heading into and obviously of the daily challenge, right? Yeah, I don't want to say that it was refreshing because that seems sort of like too light Mm -hmm. for this topic. But it was nice to have such a real genuine moment. And like you were sort of saying, there was no, there's a lot of fake stuff on these shows. Even when they think they're being real, there's a lot of fakeness. There's a lot of sort of 
making a bigger deal out of something than it actually is. But Ben was being real. And like, uh, and I felt like even when he made that toast, that didn't, it didn't seem like a producer put him up to it. And you and I often speak about that, that like, it's clear that sometimes the producers are like, oh, you should go talk to this person. Like, yeah. you can sort of tell when like the producer's hands are on, on something, on a talking point. Yeah. But that just seemed real. And like, uh, obviously everyone's support was nice. And I thought it was a nice touch that at the end of the episode, they had a like uh, call to action. If you or anyone you know is having struggles with their mental health and they had like a hotline, Mm-hmm. I think that's all that's you're right I think they towed the line very well do you know what it is too it's also a throwback to something that we see on the normal challenge a lot which you know we haven't really seen that much on this iteration of the challenge but we normally get a lot of background on different people in the house and different storylines and different you know real moments where you find out a little more about this person's background and personality and mm-hmm. a bit of more of who they are. And I think that's one of the reasons why people like us, people who have been following this pod or this, the show, the challenge are such fans because you do get insights into people's lives back home or, you know, what they were doing before the challenge. And it's not just, you know, Oh, I'm here to win for my family. Like we get that all the time. But like the actual like real, real, hey, this is something about this person that tells you a lot about them. And I think in this instance, this was something where no matter who you are or what you thought of Ben before, I'm sure after hearing the story and hearing him tell the story about, you know, he his friend died in his arms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that tells you a lot about a man and what he's been through in his life. And that makes you want to root for him. That's just the way that these things work. And obviously, like, it's a TV show. We're not saying that the TV show and winning the challenge makes up for any of that. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying it's giving you good background into who this person is. And I think that's a big part of what happens on reality TV shows or what brings us in more so to a reality TV show. Because, I mean, that, I know that made me want to root for Ben even more. And hope yeah. that he would win, right? And I can't yeah. be the only one. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, the Daily Challenge. So, I didn't like this Daily Challenge. Basically, you uh, a speedboat, you're hanging off the edge of a speedboat, you have to jump off onto a platform, and then you have to run along said platform that is filled with soap, and you basically have to go back and forth, returning... What are the pieces called? I don't know. Whatever these pegs are, you have to return them back and forth. The last one is a flag. And then, yeah, while you're doing that, the other two people are supposed to be spraying you with water, making it more difficult for you to make said trips across the wet floating platform. And this was the problem. The way the producers put people together it ended up being the people spraying the water at the platforms that were supposed to be like an issue. Like they were supposed to be blasting people and making it harder. They were all paired with people that they were allied with. So they were using the water cannons to try to clear off as much soap as possible. Yeah. And like, that was an oversight by the producers that made it a lot more lame, frankly. And I, it also gave me the impression 
that there's basically there's what like 10 12 people left in the house mm-hmm. and like nine of them are in an alliance <laughs> like it seemed like <laughs> yeah. most of them were helping each other out i'm like what are we doing here like why are you even like having the competitions like at the very least so there was always like two women and then two men and like the 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 two women and the two men were like spraying each other like in their respective turns mm-hmm. At the very least, should they not have had like the men spraying at the men? Like, shouldn't the men who had a vested interest in trying to like eliminate other people been like working to spray their like direct competition? Like that would have been better. Or if they just like, you know, not had like Sarah uh, and Kayla spraying at Ben and uh, who'd he run with? uh ben was with and no not enzo yeah he was with enzo yeah with enzo and don't have angela spraying at tyson like you know like that's a definite flaw in the system for sure they didn't really think that one through and also uh to further your point this is for money as well right and so by not having by having the women shoot at the men and the men shoot at the women they're not competing against each other, right? So by default, they're not going to be as invested to show their cards in terms of who they're rooting for, who they're in an alliance with, or who they're trying to help. Meanwhile, if it was flipped, and even if you are in an alliance, you might still be like, hey, I'm trying to win as much money as possible. You have an out, that's understandable. The way Mm -hmm. that it was laid out, I didn't like it. I mean... I didn't think it was that good of a daily challenge. And most of the people, as you mentioned, didn't even really try to spray the other people off. So yeah, we had a pretty boring challenge, which kind of sucks because in all honesty, I thought last week's episode was probably the best episode so far in terms of the daily challenge and the elimination. Now we know this elimination was hall brawl and ain't nobody got complaints about hall brawl really, but I mean, I well, will, maybe, but go maybe, ahead. <laughs> maybe Leo does, but you know, story for another day. Um, or later on in the pod, what do I mean? Another day we're literally recording <laughs> the podcast right now. <laughs> that was well played by me. Um, so yeah, I didn't really like this challenge at all. Like how many people actually even tried? Like Kayla was disqualified right away. Was it Desi was also disqualified right yeah. away. And most other people just got to walk across and um, Leo, which made me wonder, sometimes I wonder, and this is the bad producer brain in me watching the show and sometimes ruining it for myself. I was convinced that they were just bigging up Leo to say that he did a good job because everyone expected him to do bad. Right. And it was kind of a storyline like, Oh, Leo, like he's still doing really well, but I guess, I mean, it came down to him. Right. So the loser on the men's side, unless there's something that you want to, yeah, there's nothing Unlike much like you. This, right? this, there wasn't a lot to this because it was badly produced, frankly. Yeah. The only thing that came out of it to me was my line of the episode in which Desi falls off and TJ blows a horn and yells out, he says, Thanks for playing. <laughs> You're <right. laughs> thanks for playing. And someone in the background yells, TJ. <laughs> it's like, You clearly have not you're not familiar with TJ's work, right? Like TJ is here 
for those moments to laugh at people and when they been, feel like that. He has been nice to this cast. Like I'm disappointed with how nice TJ has been. <laughs> well, he's getting his, his CBS on as well. You know, there's MTV TJ, there's CBS TJ, right? Just like there's MTV challenge and CBS challenge. It's just the way that it is, John. It's just the way that it is. I didn't make the rules. I didn't make the rules. We're just here to talk about the game. Um, Enzo fell. Enzo comes in last. He also needs stitches. Um, the women were separated by seconds. And this is interesting because you can tell it's setting up what's going to happen next week. But the battle is between Angela and Sarah. Sarah is salty because she still doesn't have enough money to get into the final. And she just loses to Angela. Um, before I go to the men, I have a question for you. Do you are you on team Sarah or are you on team Angela? I'm definitely on team Angela. Same. Like I just find Sarah annoying. Angela might be doing sneaky shit, but Angela is at least like she's quiet about it. Yeah, but like doing sneaky shit is part of the game. I mean, let's get into Sarah now because now Mm -hmm. is the time. Because Sarah doesn't have enough money. She starts floating the idea that she should be put in the elimination against Enzo, who's hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I got to get my money somehow. I take on bigger guys than him all the time. And Which, like, like, is that true? Well, she's a cop, right? So, so that you, would lead me to asking further questions about how you police. Yeah, me too. I know, like... Right. In the very first episode of the season, when <laughs> when Sarah was introduced, mm-hmm. I made light of the uh, capability of the typical American police officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you sort of just laughed and were like, I'm not touching it. And like, how can I put this delicately? Sarah's tough guy attitude while also talking about taking on a significantly older and injured person, I think speaks volumes of the quality of her character. I just find it to be weird. And also, I know you hinted at this. There's no fucking way the producers were going to let that happen. Of course not, right? Like, Like, there'd be no chance that they're like, you know what? We're going to let you do hall brawl against a man. And then if you get hurt, like, listen, okay. I understand what she's trying to say. I understand, you know, and she even gave the speech about young girls. You can do everything. You can do anything you put your mind to cool and all that. And I'm often reminded of the Chris Rock bit where he says, you know what? You can also drive a car with your feet. That doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. (laughs) Just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do it. So could you maybe go into Hall Brawl even against Leo? Maybe. But that doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. And I don't want to see that. Who wants to watch that? I don't want to watch that. And also the entire premise of Sarah being like, I need to go in. I need to get my money. What she's really saying is she doesn't think she can beat any of the women. Right? Because, like, it is obvious that next week there's going to be a women's elimination. Mm -hmm. So all Sarah has to do is throw the daily competition or win the daily competition, because either way, Mm -hmm. she gets the money. Yep. 
and then go get it right like if she's so tough if she can beat guys that are much bigger than that even though she's you know at the same time saying like oh i can take out guys that are much bigger than me but like i really want to go in because enzo's injured and is old <laughs> like yeah like you wouldn't have that same energy if it was danny no uh or tyson who yeah. she hates like she wouldn't be asking to go in against tyson mm-hmm. um but like if she is so tough and so badass why can't she just wait till the next elimination throw the daily competition so she has to go in yeah and then like give me Alyssa, give me angela give me anyone right like she and kayla get along but like give me desi right give me justine like there's like yeah here's my thing that i don't understand why do you have vibes that you can just take out? Like, why do you want those to be the vibes that you put out? Like, why is that a good thing that you can take out any guy? Like what? I don't, I just don't understand the logic behind that. Or like you bragging about you thinking that you can take out any guy in the house. Like, why is that something to brag about? Much like, why why is it something to brag about that? Oh, I've taken, I take on bigger guys than that every day. Like, well, why? What is yeah. going on in your city that you need to be taking on these like huge bad guys every day? Are you Batman? Like what, what's going on? I don't understand. I, I just don't understand the logic behind it. And I also just don't like the vibes of like, you know, her saying, put me in there. I can take on this dude because like, if, 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 if some dumb show was like dumb enough to actually let that happen, what would the reaction be if she then got crushed by the guy in Hall Brawl? That's a question that everybody, including her, needs to ask themselves. Because to me, that's a it was just a dumb idea. And there was no part of me at any point that thought there was a chance that they were going to allow her to go into Hall Brawl. Like, I thought that it was just a joke, her saying it at first, but then they kept going back to it. And I'm like, wait, are they actually trying to convince people that this is a thing because it ain't working. I honestly wondered if she was put up to talking about it by producers who were like, Ooh, we need to pad this out. Like that's the most logical explanation because again, like it's just, it's nonsense. It's like, Oh, like Sheldon put me in there. I'm sure I could flip that car. Oh, why won't you just let me flip that car? Man, I flip bigger cars like that all the time. You should see me. It's like the equivalent of saying, and it's funny to say this as Canadians, but like the old trope of having like, oh, I've got a girlfriend. She just lives in Canada or like she's from two towns over. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, it's nonsense. Like it's bragging for the sake of bragging, but like a scenario that would never happen. Yeah. But I just didn't like to, you know, I want to do something to for all the little girls that are at home watching that you can do anything. And it's like, listen, everybody in society, like, I can't do everything. As a guy, I can't beat Shaq at basketball. That's just reality. I can't do yeah. it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. You might, you might be able to beat him at free throws. But you're right. <laughs> One-on-one, no chance. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I mean, yeah, deals were being made left and right. Sarah doesn't get her way, but there's deals being made where Angela and Ben are discussing deals where basically Angela realizes that her and Alyssa are on one side 
And then all the other women in the house, essentially, are on the other side. So she's trying to curry favor with the survivor dudes and get them to basically have her and Alyssa's back. At this point, what do you think of these deals that are on the table from both sides? I think they're bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, again, like I think they're all sort of micromanaging things. Like, realistically, so like Angela's looking out for her and Alyssa. Mm -hmm. Who's she worried about coming after her? Like, yeah. what, like right now, she's already good with Tyson, obviously. They're like super tight. Doesn't seem like Ben or Danny or Dominic have any issues with her. So she's sort of like asking them to do something that wasn't really on their radar. Yeah. Like she's looking to formalize it. Yeah. It and really like, made no sense. I, I, to me, my thing is if I'm her, right. I'm just saying anything possible that I think I can do to keep myself out. I don't think the way to go about that though was to go to Ben. No. Right. Cause Who? Ben's too, too close to Sarah. I think he is. He's obviously too close to Sarah. He's not tight with Tyson, mm -hmm. right? Like he sort of has this like frenemy thing with Tyson. Mm -hmm. And again, like if Ben and Dominic and Danny have any kind of sense between them, they're going to turn on Tyson. Yeah. Like there comes a point where they got to turn on Tyson. So Angela, who is very obviously Tyson's closest ally, like it, it doesn't work for Ben. It doesn't yeah. work for Angela. It doesn't work for Tyson. Like Tyson seems on board with it, but like, I don't know that he's thinking it through. Like We also know Tyson's just saying whatever he needs to say to stay alive. Right. Yeah. Like when push comes to shove, because in all reality, Angela's doing the same thing. Right. Like yeah. if push comes to shove and Ben and those guys have the numbers and they're telling her, hey, you got to vote for Tyson or else you're gone next week because they have the numbers. She's going to do it. Right. Like that's just the nature of the game of where or where everything's at. Um, the other thing I will say that there's not. We talked about the toast, but the toast happened during a club night. Yeah. It appeared to be a club night, which I was like stunned because I didn't think that existed, especially on CBS. And then it didn't really exist on CBS, right? So yeah. they showed it and I get why they showed it. I understand that, but it just made me ask more questions. Does that mean that there is actual footage of this? And if there is complete missed opportunity, I'm going to give away free idea right now to cbs and viacom whatever the parent company is what you should be doing with this challenge usa that is just on cbs you should be having deleted scenes that you have that are only available on paramount plus part of the deleted scenes are things that are just going on in the house that would be on the challenge mtv version and you just put those up extras on paramount plus First things first, what is going on at the club? I would watch. Yeah, there are some exceptionally attractive people on this season of the challenge. That is correct. Everyone would be happy. Um, Regardless I, of your gender or your orientation, everyone would be happy. 
I know that Leo meant this, like means this as a compliment, but calling uh, like Angela is Leo's mermaid. I was yeah. like, I feel like that has like some weird, like kind of creepy vibes to it. But like his whole cat thing. I mean, he did then follow that up with he'll name his fourth cat after her. Because his third cats could be named after Alyssa. Yeah. So there's lots also, going on with Leo. <laughs> but I yes. don't I don't know how I missed this, but Enzo later mentions Leo's beautiful girlfriend. Okay. And I was surprised to hear that Leo has a girlfriend. And that's not a shot at his uh, potential orientation, but a shot at his viability as a partner, like a romantic partner, because he would drive me nuts. Like, I can't imagine dating a cat guy, like a guy who's just constantly talking about his cats and relating himself to his cats. Like, how do you bring that guy home for Christmas? Hey, mom. Hey, dad. This is Leo. And, and he'll be cat. like, yeah, and his two cats. Mm-hmm. And like, he had to bring his two cats with him because they're his best friends. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just don't see how he is meeting people and like has friends. At the same time, Danny's got to stop talking about his wife, Kiki. Like, Danny, you need a new way of talking about the world around you beyond mentioning it through the prism of my wife, Kiki. Like, he mentioned at one point, like, oh, yeah, like when Hallbrawl comes up, he goes, oh, yeah, me and Kiki watch Hallbrawl. Just say we watch, just say we watch it or I watch Hallbrawl. Like, just, you don't have, you don't have to mention your wife. Who is he, Chance the Rapper mentioning his wife this much? Like, ease up, bro. Danny is, I mean, clearly he's in love. He misses his wife. Um, maybe he has some deal where, you know, he has to shut her out X amount of times when he's on the show. You know, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to try to get you mentioned in every single episode. You know, maybe they got one of those deals going on. I don't know. But um, definitely, maybe she didn't want him to go on the show. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's a lot going on there, but you're right. I don't think there will be an episode that goes by in which he doesn't mention his wife, Kiki. So oh, I just mentioned Kiki. I promise you every single episode. And he finds different ways to do it, right? Like it'll be one episode. It was, she's going to be really mad at me that I can't swim or I couldn't do this, or she's going to be really embarrassed or me and Kiki do this all the time. So I'm really good or like just whatever it is, or we watch Hall brawl all the time and now I'm watching it live like he finds different ways I'll give him credit for that being creative in the different ways that he brings it up but you're right it is a lot it is a lot um, I just I just know that Danny has no friends wow well just, just because like uh Danny for the record if this gets back to you this was John Chidley Hill that said that um I did not say that bring it Danny um, <laughs> I'm just saying like just conversationally, if you have friends, if you have like family that you see, you don't have to mention your wife every other sentence, hmm. right? Like you can say like back home, like me and my people, me and my family, me and my brother, me and my best friend, you know, like you have other conversational entry points beyond Kiki says this, Kiki and I do that. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, 
Let's get to this. Hall brawl. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on this hall brawl too. Really? Well, I mean, oh, to man. me is is fairly straightforward, right? Then we already talked about the Sarah stuff, so we know that wasn't a thing. But it's Enzo going in and I wonder really what the breakdown was in terms of the decision being made because like who won? It's Ben and Angela, right? So why are they looking out for Enzo? Like they're Ben's really cool with Enzo. That's what it was. And Angela's just like, oh, whatever. I don't care. As long as you don't put in Tyson. I think so. And I think they all like uh, Enzo. Mm -hmm. Like I think Enzo is like, beguiling like i think he's sort of charming in his like idiosyncratic way yeah. yeah um i think they genuinely felt bad that he cut himself and like had stitches mm-hmm. um yeah. and like leo like he's everyone's in right now yeah i like we all knew leo had no chance right and yeah we talked well, about for a bunch of reasons but first of all, I just want to say, how disappointing is it that we get to see Hall Brawl and it's between Enzo and Leo? Do you know what? Like, that's I, disappointing. I don't mind it, actually, because all I want to see is just someone get hit. Like, to me, the more disappointing Hall Brawls is when you get two people and they don't want to hit each other. Yeah. Right? And they kind of, like, avoid the contact. Leo, even though he got smoked, he tried and I give him credit for that. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Enzo, not the fastest, not the most athletic person on the show mm-hmm. by a stretch. But here's the thing that he has going for him. First of all, he's got old man strength. Yeah. And for those of you not familiar, old men are stronger than men who are of like an equivalent size and height and weight, like... They just, they, they're just, they have these like weird old man bodies that are stronger. Enzo, yeah. I'm sure is just off the charts with old man strength. Like you can just see it in the way he carries himself, right? Like he, I'm sure is just, I'm not saying he's athletic. I'm just saying he's strong. The other thing is Enzo is definitely tough. I'm not saying that he's like an adept fighter. I'm not saying that I'm scared of him. I'm just saying, I promise you, Enzo has been in fights before. And I'm not saying that Enzo was like a star football player or anything, but has he body checked people before? Has he like been in like pull apart situations? A hundred percent. You can't wear a toque, a beanie hat as badly as Enzo does and not have been in multiple fights in adulthood. (laughs) The two go hand in hand. Enzo, I, the funny thing from Enzo was he said he's from the streets, you know, like he wanted the smoke and we talk about it all the time. That's what this hall brawl comes down to. Do you want the smoke or do you not want the smoke? Enzo wanted the smoke. And in fairness, I also think Leo wanted the smoke. I mean, yeah, I don't think Leo was scared. Leo surprised me. I mean, his whole speech about him being the Afghanimal and like, he played football, did some MMA. I'm pretty sure he made that stuff up. Like, I thought he was joking when he said that. I don't know. But I couldn't take him seriously because he was saying that and also calling himself Leo the Lion. So I didn't know, like, cats come in all shape. Like, he was saying a lot. So I don't know what was true and what wasn't true. 
So maybe he did play football and maybe he does do MMA. I don't know because he wasn't afraid of the contact. It's just the rest of his character, the rest of his being doesn't necessarily follow the stereotypes of the MMA football bro. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I felt like Leo's smack talk was like, if you ran all these different like UFC promos through a computer and had them come up with like a smack talk, like generator, I feel like that's what Leo was doing right there. Like he was just sort of saying a bunch of stuff. He's doing it for the gram, right? He's just trying to do it for TV. He's delivering lines, trying to be funny, trying to be, you know, yeah, trying to make the show. And it's like, bro, you're in the elimination. Whatever you say, they're going to put in before the elimination. So all the gimmicks of, you know, making up names for yourself and all that, like it was just more and more annoying, but also just made it a lot better when Enzo ran over him, especially the second time. Because the funny thing was, I, I was like, if you're Enzo and you're talking about being from the streets, you can't lose to a dude calling himself Leo the Lion. That just can't happen, right? Like it's not something that can happen. You can't go back to your boys, <laughs> right? After that happens. So Leo getting bullied by Enzo. Yeah. And Enzo was hyped up after round one. And I think he got, he got even more fired up because round two, Leo got jacked up. Yeah. What I like, see, I'm always so torn about Enzo because like, he's a bit of a weirdo. He's a meow meow. You would think that he he doesn't pull that out though. I, I think Leo ruined it for him. Right. I think so too. I have the same thought. But what I like about Enzo is I think he's a genuinely nice person. You don't really hear him talking shit about people. He's, he is capable of being sneaky. Like he's has success on big brother, mm-hmm. but like his sneakiness is based is always like Alliance based. And like, he's really loyal to the people that he like rides with. Mm-hmm. And also like, I I sort of felt bad for Leo being put in this position. Yeah. Because, like, Leo just sort of, no one dislikes him. It's not like Sarah and Tyson, like, genuinely dislike each other. Leo just sort of, as things broke down, wound up on the wrong side of the fence. And he had to go in against Enzo. And I go the other way. I think he was super annoying. And so people didn't care. That made him disposable because he was annoying. I think Leo, like, he, again, he wasn't afraid of the contact, right? And yeah. so everyone else who isn't Danny that's in the house, Leo might have been able to give them a go, right? Because, again, other than Danny, because he actually played football, you we don't know. Like, size doesn't necessarily tell you how someone would do in Hall Brawl. So maybe if he went in against David or Tyson, like, who knows? Maybe Leo would have pulled off an upset. The one thing I will say, though, in all of the time watching the challenge, have we ever seen someone lose and then refuse to do their interview after or like come out and finish off? I feel like it's happened once or twice. I feel like, but I can't remember off the top of my head if it if it has happened. The point that I'm making, though, is that person can't be Leo. You don't get to do that, bro. Right. No. It's kind of like the Embiid crying. Right. As a Raptors fan, I'll always remember Embiid crying and I get it. 
I played sports. There are moments that I cried after a loss, right? So I understand. I'm not saying that people aren't allowed to show emotions, but that guy, the guy doing the, the suck it on thing, the guy doing the airplane sellies and all that stuff, you don't get to cry, bro. No. Leo, the same dude who's out here all up in the video, all up in the camera, talking about he's a cat, he's Leo the lion, he always had something to say on the camera. And now you lose and you're going to be a poor sport and not want to come out. And forget about saying bye to everyone. Just stand there to finish the shoot. Right? Like, yeah. you don't even have to come out and give some emotional speech. If you don't want to say anything, don't say anything. But you can't even come out and just stand there so that they can finish the episode. Nah, get out of here, man. And get sorry, out of here. I, That's whack. I, I, I wanted to make this point as well. So, like, he was salty. He was in his feelings. But Enzo was nice to him. Like, Enzo, afterwards, after beating him, Enzo said, like, hey, it's nothing personal. Like, I just had, like, had to do this thing. I didn't vote you in. Like, nothing but respect. I like you. And, like, I think Enzo was being sincere. So, at the very least, come back out because Enzo was not a dick. Right. And Enzo won fair and square. There's nothing cheap about his win. In fact, he was injured. Mm -hmm. Enzo beat him fair and square, was nice and respectful. Didn't like do the throat slashing or any of that <laughs> shit we've seen. Right. Yeah. yeah. He like, he said, like, he shouted, like, that's for my kids. Like, where are their names? Gia and I don't remember. But like, sure, fine. Like, say, like, that's for you kids. That's fine. But like, he, uh, Enzo was respectful to you, Leo. So be respectful and just like stick out like a, a tough two minutes. Like, but again, this is a guy who has been trying to be on the show the whole entire season, making up stupid lines about his cats. Remember when he's jumping into the water and talking to TJ while he can't swim? All of these things he was doing to make sure that he was in the show, right? I even will go as far as to say, was that whole storyline about, oh, the restaurants that he had going under and, it, you know, is he going to leave to go home and all that fun stuff that was just happening. I'm even questioning now if that was all real or if that was just all hyped up as another storyline that he was trying to force feed in to being on the show. And then now when you lose again, my thing isn't even, you can be mad that you lost, even if there was throat slashing or whatever, whatever it is that you want to say. My question is, all you got to do, why can't you just come and just stand there so they can finish the shoot? And I'm also saying that from a production standpoint, because I know that there was a producer that stood there with him trying to be like, what? What do you mean? Like, you can't just come out and stand there? And you could tell TJ was mad because the way that TJ said, all right, like, I guess Leo's back there and he doesn't want to come out. Like, what are we doing here? Get out of here. You can't be that annoying the whole show. And then now, because you lose, now you want to go home. Ah, yeah. I don't even want to talk about Leo anymore. So what you're saying is Leo's your MVP for this episode. He is completely the LVP because that is the biggest loser move ever. Such a loser move. I don't even understand that. 
I, I don't get it. And again, I'm sure someone's going to write in someone who writes, who watches a challenge and is more locked in than we are is going to say, Oh yeah, this person did that. And you know, cutthroat season or whatever bloodlines, whatever it is. Cool. And you know what? That person was also a loser too, unless you were hurt and you can't No, we've seen people who were hurt and have, you know, hobbled back out there in a cast or with bandages on her with a sling, whatever it is. We've seen that happen. You couldn't just stand there? Nah, miss me with that. Yeah, I'm with you. Unless it like, I guess we've seen, maybe not an elimination, but we've seen people like carted off because they were a king cost or whatever. That's fine. Like, I get why they didn't like stand there drooling as TJ had to describe how they were eliminated. But you're absolutely right. But, like, there's no excuse for not sticking it out. It's also, like, it's what you signed up for, you know? Like, you signed up to be on TV for good or for bad. It sucks, but, like, that's why you're there. So be there, you know? Yeah. With all seriousness, is is uh, is Leo your... LVP. Oh yeah. 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 You're going out like a big loser. So you get the LVP Leo. That was the worst. That was so super lame. You're so annoying the whole way through. And right as I'm about to give you a little bit of credit, because I thought you put up a fight in hall brawl when I didn't think that you would, to be honest, you go and do that. No, can't do it. Cannot do it. Can't coach with them. Cannot win with them. Can't do it. I'm going to go with Ben as my MVP. Okay. Because Ben, as we already discussed, had that very genuine moment uh, talking about his friend, Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you never know when you're real and genuine like that how it's going to help someone else. Yes. Uh, How they're going to see themselves and your experience and how that will give them the courage to do something they need to do, or at the very least feel a little bit less alone. And so that's really big. And then of course, on top of that, he did win the daily challenge, Mm -hmm. which is big, something he needed. Um, It seems like he's making inroads with, having um, a female partner in Angela, or at least having some sort of alliance or understanding with her, which might be good because it feels like Sarah is a sinking ship or at the very least sort of an irrational, uh, emotional, I know they're friends, but like, uh, you know, it it doesn't hurt to have more allies. And, um, you know, I, I, Yes, getting rid of Leo is a benefit as well. It's it's one more week that Ben's safe and around. So like, good for him. But to me, Ben's the MVP. Yeah, I like that pick. Definitely like that pick. Where can the good people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Like and subscribe to the You Killed It pod, Yon Blast pod, all that fun stuff, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, to quote a wise man named Bomani Jones. Give us five stars. If you only give us four stars, then I'm inclined to believe that you are a hater. (laughs) 
Uh, I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Hill. As I already said, I am in Ottawa, our nation's capital, covering the CP Women's Open, which is the Canadian National Women's Golf Championship. And it's the only LPGA event in Canada. Uh, so if you follow me on the socials, you'll see a lot of golf, especially Brooke Henderson, who is arguably, I'm, I don't know that you can say that she's the best Canadian athlete right now, but she's very good. She's top five. She's up there. She's top five. She is the best Canadian golfer of all time. That's undisputed. So that's pretty cool. My good friend, Brooke. Until next week, this was You Killed It. You Killed It.